What shall we look at this evening? Margaret? Margaret. Hello, Tashwini. Um, well, I've been having a, quite an amazing, um, just, I guess maybe it's it's not really a conversation, but it's an, aware, it's an awareness of sort of the breadth and the depth of this huge conversation about um, being right, kind of, and how, for me, it's around being <clears throat> being good and sort of focusing on being good and sweet and kind and all that, like when I was a kid. And it's not just that I have to be good. Everybody has to be good because there's this social contract where if everybody isn't good, things are just going to, you know, get really bad. Mostly my brother, uh-huh. brother and sister, for example, um, we're all going to get in trouble. <laughs> so, but I feel like that's, you know, in paying attention to that conversation, I'm really, really, really seeing how um, turning to the conversation is such a train wreck. There just is always going to be. I just go off in these thoughts, and it's just a total train wreck. It really is, and. I'm so grateful to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I've been sort of seeing this over time, and and I've dropped some of the um, oh the way that it would uh, have me react, be so reactive about um, thinking that some my mother's pointing out my wrongness again um, with grammar or something like that. Um, so I know that. There's there's progress um, uh-huh. in yeah. in turning you know in in practice and not not going with those thoughts and then the train wreck. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of I mean so it's all around being right, but being right from a perspective of being good because being good is the right way to be. And so right. there's a lot of conditioning around. Not only do I have to be the right good person, everyone has to be, because if, the, if that contract is not maintained, then someone's going to get hurt. So there's, I project a level of anger or discomfort or, or judgment or something if you perceive that someone else isn't keeping that social contract. And what you're seeing yeah. is all these nuances about that conversation and how that controls you because when attention is on that conversation related to this being good through being right, it's judgment, right? So someone says something to you, and the, the mm-hmm. interpretation of that is it's like your mom correcting you. So it, the, the conditioning is pointing out that you're not keeping your end of the bargain or someone else is not keeping, up, keeping their end of the bargain. And as you said, that conversation is a train wreck. Yes, it's like... It's sort of, it's like there's this belief like, why can't we all just be good to each other and then we're not going to have to suffer like this? Mm-hmm. It's, Without, it's, yes, why can't we all be good to each other and then we don't have to suffer while you're internally suffering because the conversation <laughs> is making you suffer. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I, 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 um, 
Yeah, I I just um and and you know then later I was seeing how in my own life um one of the one of the places that I practice a lot is with um how it, I mean I I can see how there's so many things that are all all part of this this attachment and the the clinging to better ideas and control over being mindful in my house and preferences and outcome, you know, wanting certain outcomes and results and um, my opinions and all that. It just seems like it's all part of of suffering when there isn't a mindful, um, maybe social contract isn't the right word, but it sort of feels like a, sort of like the kitchen agreement at the monastery or the, you know the the thing that gets read every before every work period in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or, this is or, how or, we'll be. This is what we've agreed to. Yeah, policies, right? It, yeah, and it's it's a mindful to me. It's a it's a reminder of our mindfulness um, in in being able to to lead away from suffering around mm-hmm. having a better idea or whatever or, or whatever our issues are it allows us to be mindful mm-hmm. more mindful are you, you saying um, Margaret let me see if I'm 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 sort of following along with what you're looking at which is the in the first instance of the if everybody is good we're all going to be safe no one's going to get into trouble and so there's that little kid place of I, I, why can't we all just do the why, – why can't we all just follow the agreement because then no one will get into trouble, right? And so yeah. what, you, what we realize is that it's, it's all about my well-being is based on me being a good person and not getting into trouble. And so we carry that conditioning forward in, okay, well, we make agreements around the house, so we make agreements around the kitchen, and if everyone follows the agreements, that sense of paying attention and following the agreements will ensure that everyone is present, right? So you don't have to go to conditioned mind. You don't have to <clears throat> go to a suffering place. If it's all yeah. out there and everybody knows what it is, it's our best opportunity not to suffer, which is true in, at the monastery because all the guidelines are set up to know whether you're in conditioned mind or not because the entire structure of training is are you going towards suffering or are you ending suffering, right? Mm, yeah. Which is not yeah. the same as not getting into trouble. Right. But I guess what I, what I was pointing to, I guess, for me is seeing how with, with practicing for a while now, it feels like um, that's accomplishing the the kitchen plan sort of thing is accomplishing what my heart really wanted in that situation, which was for for us to just be happy together because mm-hmm. we were um, not you know not uh, angry because somebody was right and somebody was wrong mm-hmm. about something mm-hmm. being yes. made wrong. Yeah, so- on the, you know, yeah, so there's a couple of things, right, Margaret, which is which could lead to the to confusion as we look at it, because the in the conditional structure, it's about avoiding things in order for everything to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a very conditional construct. Whereas yes, at the monastery, yes. the only thing that the structure assists us to do is to pay attention to be present, not because we're going for a particular experience. If you burn the beans, you're going to have the experience of whatever happens to you when you burn the beans. If the quiche mm-hmm. comes out perfectly, you're going to have the experience of a quiche coming out perfectly, Right. It's, yes. it's not constructed for you not to be unhappy or not to experience emotion or not to feel discomfort. In fact, the structure is there for you to face the worst of, worst of ego. So yeah, there is, to be mindful. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. So the mindfulness that you're pointing to is when I'm present. There is the happiness with the capital H because we're just here and there's no indulgence in a conversation about something wrong. So if someone's angry, if someone is having a nervous breakdown, if somebody is happy, if there's a fire, <laughs> all of that is, is, is dealt with, with being here. It, the, 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 the heart's desire is for presence, not necessarily that there is no, there is no uh, discord. Yeah, I see. I see the difference now that you're. That's really helpful to mm-hmm. have that. Um, yeah, that that insight because it, yeah. <clears throat> it does feel like that's what I wanted as a child, and right. now now I really do want to um, not be attached to how others should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because you're recognizing that it's conditional, right? So that's what attachment yeah. is. You, my well-being is dependent on X, Y, Z. In this case, everyone being good in order for nothing bad to happen, for not having an external authority come and yell at us, or you know, there's a there's this this discord or disharmony, or people are yelling and screaming at each other. All of that is what I want to avoid, which is why I'm being good. But in the practice mm-hmm. scenario, what I want is to be present, which yes. is the removal of a conversation about something wrong, which allows me to be present to whatever is happening. Yes. Whatever is happening, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the, the conditioned orientation makes our lives very small, right? And very, very mm-hmm. fragile because we're subject to everybody acting out all the time and therefore only in a very, very small set of circumstances is my stomach not in a knot. Right. If I'm, yeah, believing those. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Clinging to those attachments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I could see the other, the other sort of in a way, there's like this, excuse me, this overarching kind of awareness that a lot of this for me is, it seems like it's it's clinging to a belief in a parallel reality where everything uh-huh. could be like we were just describing yeah. that, you know, <laughs> what would you call it, a Pollyanna kind of. <laughs> sort uh-huh. of. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, yeah. when we used to talk about believing, it's that, that 
it seems like the conversation kind of goes to that a lot of, um, mm-hmm. or it used to go to that more than it does now. But um, that was a huge, just a huge, you know, um, construct. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It is. The yeah. ideal in which everything is perfect doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, right. And spending any time in that ideal, in that alternative reality, doesn't allow, doesn't allow us to develop the ability to be here for how it is. We start to lose the ability to do that. Yes. Yes, I totally get that now, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I... Okay, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) You do get it, I do get it, yes. Yes. And I'm very grateful for this. This um, whole session is going to be exciting. It it truly is. Yep. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. (laughs) Phil? Phil. Hi. I, um, yeah, that... uh, conversation thing being a train wreck you can see any conversation <laughs> feels like a train wreck to me sometimes all the time but one interesting thing is okay so i was looking at um i'm just loving the course as everyone else is this particular focus on um you know non-attachment and um again there's so much in it when we start really looking and the first thing that happened was, uh, you know, when he got the the uh, day one and, and had this list of uh, things that there were possible things to choose for unattachment, for not being attached to, and I thought, oh, my God, I, have, I could do every one of those. And that wasn't and even a comprehensive list for... No, I know. I mean, it just goes on forever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. ever, ever mm-hmm. and ever, everything you look around in your house or anything. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. and um, so what I saw was, um, well, no, I didn't see anything. I, so I start, I did choose a focus, one of them actually, and I started, um, you know, writing about it. And what was so interesting, as I was stri- starting to, you know, write it and look at it and see what, and record it, I saw... And, and, and not just vaguely, but every one of those showed up in what I was writing or seeing or recording. Every one of those mm-hmm. in regard to this particular focus. Oh, uh-huh. You know, I so I chose one of them, so but, oh, well, that, I was writing and I said, well, that's a, a certainty or that's, the, you know, it just all uh-huh. showed up in what, uh-huh. in this one particular one. Mm-hmm. So you got to you get to examine your attachment to a whole bunch of things by a particular content focus. Well, yeah, you could just see them see them arriving rising. Well, this is uh, preference. Well, you know, I, my folk I did end up with uh, as a focus. Um, um, what is that one about? Um, uh, let's see, attachment to what, how other people should, how others should be. Uh-huh, because, that's a popular one. Yeah, it is a popular one, I found out <laughs> as I'm listening. <laughs> but, 
But the way it shows up for me is that I think I might have even talked about it once. You know, I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to feel good. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I see for me that's my job is to make sure they are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, if they're not, it it somehow, you know, reflects on me and and maybe even I've caused it their mm-hmm. unhappiness mm-hmm. or whatever and so mm-hmm. the way that i'm the the conditioning is structured is to want to fix them to be happy mm-hmm. and i realize it's because um then that way i'll feel happy mm-hmm. it, you, it you is know, like the definition of attachment it's not about i mean i think there's somebody who said right that love is not uh, it there's nothing in it for me for the ego me, whereas yeah. attachment, it's all for the maintenance of identity of some sort, right? I, I, I'm happy if everyone else is okay or everyone is happy, and so I need to make everyone happy. It sounds so, um, it's so, it sounds so well intentioned, right? So, and so it's hard yeah. to catch on to, it's hard to catch on that that's an attachment in the sense of because. My well-being is my survival and my well-being depends on it. That's right. And that's basically it, what the attachment is too, of course. It, that's correct. That's exactly right. That's, uh, yeah. You define, defining your well-being as conditional on anything is what causes you to attach to anything. Yeah. And that's where I saw, you know, pre- a, a lot of these other things, preferences and mm-hmm. um uh, you know, just opinions, certainty, mm-hmm. no wanting to know, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. And it, another, but another, and another inter- interesting thing happened this morning, and it, it didn't have to do with that particular one. I realized I would, I am, I am, let's say, conditioning is very attached to the outcome of this election. Mm-hmm. And, so as I was, and I, this this started arising as I was meditating. So you know, I just mm-hmm. noticed it was flying around in there, and just kept uh, practicing meditating. And um, afterwards, I grabbed my recorder and just started recording because what there was no. Uh, <laughs> this is interesting. Of course, there would be no resolution because it was like. It's got to be this way, and then it's it, it's like so. What, how can I make it this way? Or you know, is there anything I can do to influence and this and that? Mm-hmm. And and you could it, with attachment, I could just feel all the tightening in my body, you know, and and mm-hmm. and, uh, and just the scrunching down of trying to to make something happen. And of course, all in my mind at that point mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I have no control over her what's happening and and so and i was recording this and and it's so recording is so great because then just even as i was laying out all this con and i knew it was conditioning talking of course but laying out all this well maybe i didn't at first oh i'd like it to be this way it's got to be this way you know this kind of thing um i was like what wait a minute and feeling and i'm feeling the scrunching up Mm-hmm. I said, there's mm-hmm. no way out of this. I mean, there's the train wreck, right? I mean, there's no way out of this. Just, mm-hmm. I just have to be present. There's no solving this problem. 
Mm-hmm. And yes. to be present, it's all there. It's kind of like uh, what the radio show was saying too afterwards about the the uh, non-attachments, just love and mm-hmm. um, and presence. Yes. Well, and it's it really the recording about it and getting to that place, right, Phil, I project allows us to have the experience that we're having because I project that the the within quotes the attachment to the outcome of this election there's a lot going on there right there's a lot of conditioning that you're certainly certainly looking at which produces that sense of shutdown or lockdown and this is how it has to be and what do I have to do that kind of conversation around a, a particular orientation or preference but also as you record about it, there's a way in which we get in touch with why it's so important to you, right? Mm-hmm. The concern mm-hmm. that comes for the country, for the people, for the whatever it is that's causing that level of, con- uh, of concern for a particular outcome. It's, and, and you're right, there's no resolution because all I can do is be with all of that. That is the resolution, we're not talking about not, uh, you know, the the suffering or sort of what we're letting go of is the suffering around the preference, not the preference itself. Because there's some very good reasons why you want the outcome of the election to be a particular way. Right? Well, exactly. exactly. Otherwise, but if you can't just... influence it, if you can't influence it, you can at least not suffer over it and feel completely what you feel, disappointment, upset, if it doesn't go that way, or jubilation that it does, right, when it happens. Right, right. And and what I saw was, I, I saw some in, uh, in that, and it's, you know, the first thing was, of course, that, wow, it, this is this is just the exact, perfect example of uh, the the um, problem, I don't even say the problem can't solve itself or conditioning can't solve its own problem. You know what I mean? It was just yes. going Yes, the Einstein quote, right? You can't solve a problem from the same mind that, with the same exactly. mind that created it. And then and that was so clear in that. And and it, it actually, um, and that kind of came right right before the, the thing about uh, presence and it, and it is. It's what you're saying. I mean, it's it's like, sure, I I still want it to to turn out the way I hope it will turn out, and I am going to do. You know, I'm going to write a lot of those vote forward letters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I so yes. Yeah, so there is there is the the uh, hopefully being a small influence, but the only thing, and that actually the, the it dropped in get more letters, you know, than I already have mm-hmm. uh, after I got to the more the present part of this thing mm-hmm. this morning. And, and it was, um, and it was just, uh, it was such a, a, a good example of everything, how, how, um, you know, that and the, the uh, non-attachment being well, it's like I think what we call whole, that holy indifference, where yes. it really does matter. But you know, it's got to just be left up to, you know, that part. The outcome, in a sense, is left up to the universe. We just have to right. do our one one thing, one thing, one thing. You know that we can. And the yeah. best part of it is to stay 
presence and in that love and in that place where, at least that's what I was seeing, and I think it's, it's what we're saying, uh, and, and that's the best thing we can, the best thing we can do is not be the problem. Yeah. You, you know, that, within our yes. own self or out in the world. Right, that, that, that if I'm not in the conversation of suffering or the attachment to the outcome and trying to either force it or make it happen, what you're saying is there's the ability to be present and available to what you can do, how you might be uh, the revolving door through which some kind of action can be taken towards that movement. And I think it really comes down to what Sherry was saying this morning, right, how the, the situations that, that hurt our hearts are the, are the situations that we're changed by in order mm-hmm. for us to be the life that can hold that polarity of good and evil, right? Because if, if I have a preference or a position or a perspective that it can only be this way, then there's a way in which it cannot be that's also being maintained. And if we know one thing about the universe is that it is the only thing that can contain all things. And if my life journey is about being all that is without anything excluded, then I'm being put in those places where something that is so unacceptable is what I'm required to confront in order to be changed to having that compassionate perspective that can even hold that unacceptable, right? Yes. And when you said that, I see that's perfect training for if we have to live under a regime like this again or longer or continuously like other countries do, we still have to maintain that place of presence and love and acceptance and and um you know an action uh, right and action i was going to say and life's activity in that in a direction to make the world a better place you know however we see it so yeah 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 it's yeah, the wow. it's all of that the heroism right in in the worst of times mhm yeah yeah so well thank you Gladys. thank you so <sighs> yeah thank Hi. you so much it's Sarah. Michael. Sarah. Mike, and then Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I was also going to say thanks for the um, musing article. It's just so beautiful um, and helpful. Um, and I'm sorry, I missed the call this morning or the show. I'm going to have to listen to the recording because it sounds like directly relevant to what I'm looking at. Um, but I, I wanted to follow up on something you had just said in the, that conversation, that there was nothing for ego in love. Could, mm. could you elaborate on that? Well, in the sense of um, just simply what we were looking at with Phil, right? If I want you to be happy only because that makes me happy, that's egocentric. That's attachment, right? My well-being is based on on you, I mean, the reason I'm, I want you to be happy is not because I want you to be happy. It's because I, it, my happiness depends on you, on you being okay. Right. So it's not, um, it's, no, very, right. it's, it's within, right. within course, it's selfish in some way, right? Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. so if the self is involved in that way, that's sort of what we define as attachment. But when I, when, when love 
is happy for you to be happy just simply because it's happy for you to be happy, right? There's nothing in it. There's no self in that. There's no ego in that. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, just to follow up on your, your musings article, I think it's just it's so fascinating that push and pull between the, the, the poles, you know, of, what you know that you can be consumed in a you can the the I don't know awareness can be sort of occluded by by an ego process that um, but it's still it's still drawing you it's still it's it's you're still being drawn back at a, you know and um, mm-hmm. I yeah yeah so so are you are you pointing to Sarah that um, that even in moments of complete identification and feeling separate and feeling forsaken and feeling that you're not supported, there's a way that if you're on the path, then you're on the path, right? That that is the sort of crucible that you've got to walk in order to discover whatever needs to be discovered. Exactly. And that's exactly. part of the process. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The suffering is in a way it's, it's the suffering is the thing that draws you. It's like the pain that draws your attention to the thing that needs attention. And so that you can see it with clearly with, you know, with uh, clear seeing, you know, um, and. Well, I think that's what John of the Cross says about the dark night of the soul, right? That suffering can, is a way to God that rejoicing can never be. Because in rejoicing, you will not get to what he terms as weakness. You won't won't expose your most vulnerable self. You can't when you're in a a crest. It's not available. So there's a mechanism that makes complete sense to the structure, right? And once you know that there's sense to the structure, the senselessness of the experience, experience somehow doesn't get to you mm-hmm. and there yeah. seems to be something really important about being present to the experience whether whatever that experience is however it it looks to be yes. to uh, to it to um welcome it in the same way that that awareness welcomes everything you know this is let's yes. see what this is yeah and and that may or may not be available consciously right there are right. times when I'm so identified with that. I'm feeling so alienated from love that mm-hmm. everything that I've known about the structure of awakening is not available to me. But that's all right. Right. It's just such a. It's such a. I don't even. I can't even find the word for it. I mean, the process itself is so. It reminds me, I think someone has said it before, of like the, the, the mirror upon mirror upon mirror, like the, the um, Quaker Oats thing where, you, you know, it's just one thing after each thing and you're looking at this thing and seeing something that looks painful. And see, like this was my experience earlier today. Today's actually my birthday and it was a, a kind of a painful day. And I, and, I mean, in, in typical ego fashion, you know, my view most of the day was, well, I don't want to celebrate this life. I don't want to, you know, which is pretty awful to even say, you know, but that was the, that's where I was, you know, at the, at Mm -hmm. the, um, and it was very much, 
you know, other-oriented, as though it was, you know, the problem was outside. And, it, you know, if, if like you were saying earlier, like, well, if these conditions changed, then everything would be okay. And, and, um, and really just it took, I, you know, I finally just had to say to myself, like, okay, let's not resist it. Like, this is what it is. Let's sure. just be, let's just be with it. Like, this is what it is. Okay, fine. Let's, you know, do the 200 recording, let it, you know, let her speak. And, um well, because if I may, yeah. right, Sarah, if mm-hmm. that's what you're saying is being present to the experience, however it is, right? So the mm-hmm. contradiction is if it's your birthday, you should be able to celebrate your birthday regardless of whether you don't feel like celebrating it because there's something painful happening for you, right? That's why mm-hmm. the suffering is mm-hmm. you're supposed to be able to celebrate the life, and so you're already in opposition to your experience. But exactly. it's the acceptance of the experience that celebrates mm-hmm. the life however it mm-hmm. is, not a perfect life, but the life that's mm-hmm. perfect as it is, right? Which is painful mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, yeah there was, um, and it's so necessary to let it go. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's just an acknowledgement of this is the experience. This is it. I mean, this is this is the experience you're having, and whether it's conditioned or whatever it is, it's still it's still the experience that you're having right now. And mm-hmm. and then at the, you know, I think I, I really want to hear the show from this morning because um, I think at the end of the day where it looked it looked different, and I could see that, um, you know, the the hurt that the hurt was, you know, this lack of access to the thing that I love the most, which is love itself, right? So there, it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing, the circular process mm. of it, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and that's, uh, that to me is so such a, an accurate definition of what was in the music article or what we were talking about, right, Sarah, that we feel the alienation. It's an anguish. Of, mm-hmm. of being feeling separate and not being able to be. And what we ha- there's a process that has to happen where that whatever that is dissolves into the connection that's true. Because whatever mm-hmm. it was, right, it should feel this way. I don't feel that whatever. All of those are the, the, the I, there's no other way for me to say it, but the structures of separation that are keeping you from that love, right? And that has to disintegrate in order to experience the union from which the love is never absent. So I do have all of those experiences. I have the experience of feeling separate, and I, see, I have the experience of being in the process of, getting, of dissolving into the union when mm-hmm. the structures of separation mm-hmm. disintegrate, either because of grace or that mm-hmm. tractor beam is bringing me back home or I learn something as a result of which that thing dissolves. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's such an amazing thing how, um, you know, in some ways, like in the pra- in practice, it's so clear, you know, on the, on the one hand that from a, you know, if you're like diagramming sentences, like how this process works, but experientially, it's just a, it's a different, I mean, it's not different, yes. it's just, a, it's a very different experience of it, and you can't easily switch sometimes between those things, but yeah, I think I did learn from this experience that I, I just have to stand beside it in the moment, and, and, um, 
Yeah, and and the love will emerge, like you said, like the sun from behind the cloud. It's it's there. It's just um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 I think that's how we get we get we are made to suffer less in the conversation with Phil, right? Because just because I've had the the I, I've read it somewhere or I understand it intellectually or I've heard it then the fact that I'm, it's the same thing as being in pain on your birthday and not being able to celebrate the life. Well, I should be able to celebrate the life, but I just can't, right? So I'm mm-hmm. going through a painful mm-hmm. process, and spiritually I know that this is a painful process, but that doesn't, that doesn't you know, take away how I feel in the moment. And if I'm listening to a conversation about how I'm supposed to feel, then that, that process is what we find using tools to dissolve, right? Or let it mm-hmm. or be with it so that it dissolves mm-hmm. by itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just reassuring also to know it's there. Like, even thinking about, I mean, I have the same anxieties about the election, and I keep thinking, saying to myself, I'm going to accept it no matter what. You know, I'm going to accept, I'm going to, that's my goal is acceptance above, you know, above everything. And um, And I think it's because I can tell myself like the love is the thing that I want like just really quickly there was just an email that came into my inbox today that just I I got choked up about because it it was from a local shelter that said uh yes my dog karma coming up but um it just said if you need to surrender your dog we're here if you need food for your dog if you need you know it was like the the, it was all the whole email all it said was I want to help. I want to, help. you know, we want to help. If you need this, we're here for you. If we, if you need food, if you you need something yourself, and it was just such a, it's like yes, that that sentiment is always there, and there are people all there are people like why like if I could just I I would like to have more of my attention there, you know. Yes. Well, and to come from that place, right? Because it again, you know, Sarah, we only have what we practice. Right? And so mm-hmm. if love is what you practice and love is what you attend to, and those are the kinds of conversations or place, I mean, to me, that was the, the ray of sunshine or the kind word, mm-hmm. or as, as I was writing about in the article, that, that email was the call from life saying, this is love. That's what you right. did not have access to. Now here it is. Right? right. That's right. grace. That's what changes yeah. us, right? Mm-hmm. When we're feeling that sense of anguish, something comes into our life to remind us of or, or have, mirror the place I want to live. And so part of that process of, okay, I will, I'll have, we don't have a choice, right? We don't have a control over the outcome of the election. And we don't know how we'll feel in the moment that the result is announced, I'm, I'm girding myself to say I'm going to have to accept this, but mm-hmm. you don't have much of a choice. And if you feel whatever you feel is what you're not going to prevent yourself from feeling now. Wait, I'm sorry, say that last thing again, that whatever you... What, 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 were, what were, when I think about, oh my God, this, this, is the, this outcome, if this outcome happens, What's going to be my experience that I cannot stand, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to prep for that now by talking myself into a standard of acceptance 
rather than accepting what I'm feeling now, which is the only way I'm going to be able to be accepting, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the way we're we're conditioned that somehow or the other I can avoid having an experience of whatever I'll experience when the outcome happens. Right. And the worst thing is happening now because I feel... Exactly, exactly. Exactly. It's happening yeah. right this second. It's not happening That's in right. any alternate universe. It's happening right now. And just the um, the only other thing I wanted to say just really quickly was um, I was listening to somebody, you know, in a YouTube video say, the thing you want to be really careful of is when you experience powerlessness. The thing mm. you, you want to be cautious of is not to do the next thing, that, not to do a stupid thing next. Mm. And they didn't say it, and it didn't sound harsh in the way that they said it, but I just thought that's such a fascinating thing of, like, instead of you just need to stay present to that feeling rather than trying to fight it because the fight's going to bring up. It's just, it's never going to go your way. You know, mm-hmm. with the steps that you take to try to to ward off that feeling or whatever, it's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be unwise somehow, I think. So anyway, that's right. all I wanted to share. Well, I, yeah. that, that's probably why we're, we're, we always practice being present, right? Being in, because in the present moment, it's not, it's not powerlessness versus powerful. It's I actually don't know anything. It is a, it is a <laughs> tremendous practice right. of powerlessness from a place right. of love rather than a pay, place of vict- being victimized and having no choice. Because we're living a lack of power in every moment. It's what we're practicing. We really are. We are. We're deluded. We're running around like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this for dinner, and I'm going to have my That's right. Dessert. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, and happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Michael? Michael. Um, really enjoying this conversation. And... Um, what came up is uh, what Sherry says, talked about sometimes as the suffering that ends suffering. And Michael, I'm not sure I didn't. I followed you. Uh, Sherry talks about sometimes the suffering that ends suffering. And uh-huh. uh, yeah. we and, and we were talking tonight about being in the crucible of suffering, and um, I feel like I found some uh, peace recently or freedom recently around some karma that's been around for a long time. And um, sometimes I feel like, like I'm the slowest Zen student ever. And um, it just feels like, like, you know, Sherry talks about sort of, you're kind of like two paths. The first path is like, you could let it go. Or the second path is kind of like, you know, you can wear it out (laughs) for a long time. And, uh, it feels like, of course, it will come back. I know. And it does feel like there's been some, like, wearing it out. Like, I just cannot, like, I just don't have the energy to pick up this conversation again. I mean, it, it never really feels like I'm picking it up. It feels like it's happening to me. Um, but um, there's a level of, I don't know, letting go or uh, peace or uh, I've heard that too many million times to believe that anything good is going to come of that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really uh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we, we talk about it, right, Michael, is completely losing interest in it. That's when karma ends. And we, mm. do, we do get to places where that's 
our experience. It's like, okay, well, this this thing used to bother me, but it's not anymore. The energy's gone out of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it does have a feel of that, of like, of sort of, well, if it comes back, okay, it'll come back. Um, and also the sense of, um, you know, when Sherry says, uh, you know, once you've seen it, you can't unsee mm-hmm. what you've seen. And, um, yeah, it feels like there's like a deeper level of um, clarity than there was before. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and even if it is going to come back again, right, Michael, what yeah. you're enjoying yeah. is the fact that you've got freedom from it now. Yeah, I, I missed the word there. I got something in it because of, can you say that one more time? Because, well, even if it circles back, which inevitably it might, because it is well, a karmic yeah. circuit <laughs> looking for your attention, you can enjoy it because you have freedom from it now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it, it um, part of the structure that I saw in it is the, um, you know, the, the seesaw of the, you know, first the, the bad choice A and then the bad choice B and then, um, or sort of like a lot of bad news on one side and then sort of a little bit of good news to keep me going, just going yeah. back and forth. And um, what I realized is an essential piece is not to listen to the good news. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious not to listen to the bad news, but I need to stop listening to the good news also because that just holds that duality in place. So mm-hmm. it's really... What a um, insight. Yes, yes. And, you know, as you were, as you were talking earlier tonight, um, you know, I've understood this intellectually for a long time, but, uh, intellectual understanding is, is just not, not, doesn't hold a candle to, you know, having the experience of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And realizing that, you know, that insight place where, oh, you know, I've, I've been able to, I don't know, however you've been working with it, right, Michael, not listening to the, the two bad choices or not listening to the bad news, but mm-hmm. recognizing that the attention on the good news is very believable. And so that is really what's keeping the puzzle going, to be able to see that yes. and realize that I have uh, truly, life has revealed the answer. And when I do yes. that, I have the experience of the circuit breaking or the karma falling away. And it's like, yes, it's jubilation. Mm. I've cracked it mm. at some level, right? Yes. 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 And um, and that perspective of I don't know, it's, it's just it's just incredibly valuable because it, it it takes away that whole figuring it out or I'm going to think my way through this. Um, and, um, you know, thinking is suffering. That is just totally my experience. <laughs> thinking is suffering. Mm-hmm. Figuring it out is suffering. Any kind of, and it's just more, um, it's just incredibly much more relaxing not to be thinking. Um, and I noticed, too, when I'm not wrapped up in that karmic conversation that, um, you know, the mind is free to, uh, you know, explore and, and uh, puzzle through other content in my life and there's space for, you know, possibilities to arise. And um, that is all blocked when I'm Mm -hmm. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're describing, right, Michael, is 
is, the, is, is how expanded the awareness is. If it's collapsed around that specific little karmic conversation, then you're right, yeah. there's not much space. But as if, right. I ha- if, the, if the attention is on an expanded awareness, all kinds of things can happen in life, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and the solution comes, the, you know, the ideas from life drop in at any time, you know, while I'm walking or mm-hmm. riding my bike or taking a shower or it's just, uh, it feels very kind to the human to have that space cleared up so that, um, you know, life can harness the resources for things that are worthwhile and, you know, that we can have, I can have influence over or, you know, choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Choose. Have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be chosen however you want it. However you want it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And just, um, practicing through all of the, <laughs> all of the dark times, all the, dark nights of the soul and just keep showing up and do whatever practice I'm supposed to be doing or, uh, you know, assignments or Sunday workshop or whatever. And um, it, it, my experience is that um, it always falls away. Eventually, if I just keep showing up, it's always going to fall away. Yes. yes. And it's tremendously reassuring. Yes. We, because you, we recognize the structure and the process. We, rec- we trust the mm-hmm. process. It's not, yeah. I'm not here in order to have a, a particular experience. I'm here because the process is going to wear away what makes me suffer. That's what causes me to show up. Yes, yes. Yeah, and because I'm a practitioner. That's what I do. Yeah, I and you trust the process. <laughs> That's right. You, you, you're uh-huh. a practitioner and you trust the process. Yes, yes, yes. Not and blindly, it's trust. but because it's your experience. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's a faith that's built on experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ashwini. Appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Anna? Renee? Anna, then Renee. Um, Well, so many threads this evening as I'm listening and just on the trusting the process. Just this evening... Um, it occurred to me that, so there's this process that's come up and it's been a process that's kind of cycled around and it's cycled around and I've nipped it and cycled around and I've nipped it. And what occurred to me is that it's something that can be pulled up by the roots. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Just, no. Don't just keep chopping off the weed uh, on yeah. the top. Let's go try to get get it at the root. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Let's go try to get it at the root. And in that, there was just such a sense of being. Well, first of all, like just trusting the process in the sense of I know I'm going to be perfectly guided in that pulling up the roots, like the, 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 the roots are going to be pulled up perfectly and I'm going to be shown what I need to see when I need to see it perfectly. And that the very even idea, possibility um, of pulling up by the roots was part of the being perfectly guided. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if I'm pulling, that. Until up till now, the guidance was to just take it off at the roots and I mean at the stems and the leaves, 
right? Until you, until it was time to, okay, let's pull it up by the root. So yep. the perfect guidance is perfect wherever, wherever the process is. Yep. Exactly. You know, we can yeah. get to the end of the pl- end of it and so say, okay, well, if I'd taken it out at the root, at the first step, it would have been so much less painful, or whatever the whatever the conversation happened. But or even just the acknowledgement that pulling it out by the root is is the perfect way not to let things keep growing. It's an afterthought, right? It's mm-hmm. a very conditioned narrative of of an assessment. But while I'm in the process, if all I can do is take off the leaves and stem, then that's yes. perfect because that's all that's available. It's not pulling out at the root is not even an option at that point. Yes. Yep. That's why yep. it's so perfect. It's not an mm-hmm. option. Yeah. Yes, and that was that was part of that that moment of seeing that as well. That that that. That just what you said that it was perfect that it had been nipped, 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 mm-hmm. um, and that the, the the option of pulling up the that the guidance for that wasn't there then, and so <laughs> that was perfect, and then it's perfect now. And the um, there was something I heard this evening that really spoke to what I'm looking at around the process. So the process is this process of, I guess you might call it um, like paranoia or this uh, thing where the mind will um, generate these paranoid thoughts, like these dark interpretations of something. And, you know, um, I'm supposed to be identified with fear of what the mind's doing. I'm supposed to be identified with, uh, I'm an awful person for having these thoughts. I'm supposed to be identified with, I can't say what it's doing because that would reveal how awful I am. And um, I'm supposed to be in fear that the mind could generate something so awful that it would cause me to leave the heart, to leave love, to leave compassion. And part of the pulling it up by the roots has been recording and recording and recording and seeing all of those layers of the that fear control process around it. And um, what I saw this afternoon was, um, so the thing I heard this evening that spoke to this was around training to be, aware of being all that is, that all that is that um, that um, where there's no duality, there's nothing that's unacceptable. And when I hear that, something lights up in me, that sense of this is really something worth giving a life for, to. Mm. And because what I saw this afternoon was... Um, uh, like uh, I could spend a life in that process that I just described um, where, okay, so I'm, I'm choosing love, I'm choosing the heart, I'm choosing compassion, but with an identification somewhere under that with fear that something could come along that could cause me to uh, be separated from all of that, to be separated from the choice of the heart. And so it's always this kind of like this reactive, um, frightened place where ego is guaranteed a role because if something comes up, then there has to be that that discerning. Is this something to leave compassion for? Is this something, you know, like like that? Um, and being in that dualistic world. So it was like, and the, because the possibility I saw was 
living so committed to the process of choosing the heart, choosing compassion, that anything that comes up, only um, if, it, if it challenges that, then it strengthens it. But it's no longer a, a place of fear of... Um, it's, I guess it's no longer content-based. It's no longer, um, is this something to leave compassion for? Because there's, there's, no, there's going to be no, there's nothing <laughs> that you're going yeah. to leave compassion for. That, so I don't know. I'm going to pause there. <laughs> well, it's funny. The, the, the phrase that dropped in is what the British used to, use, used to use in India, right? Divide and conquer. And that's really what is, is being maintained, right? Because your entire life is focused on making choices for the heart. But one, one part is afraid that there's something that's going to come up that won't yeah. allow you to be total in that, that, that somehow or the other, uh, there, first of all, is something other than compassion or, or the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's yep. a way in which your choice for what will make sure that nothing ever comes up that is not the heart or a choice for compassion is not your practice if it's split attention between fear and choosing the heart. Mm-hmm. And so to yeah. recognize that if I am, in order for me never to have to live in fear, I have to have a totality of choice for the heart because then there won't be any place for the fear to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if it does, it, it strengthens it because whatever arises will still only arise in compassion rather than arise in a duality that exists where there is a possibility that something will drive you from compassion. Yep. You're cultivating the totality rather than cultivating the duality. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's so hind legs, you know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so it's, 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 it's really a, that root place you're talking about, right, Anna, because if it's always subliminal, then you've got to bring it into the light of, of complete awareness. And once you bring it into the light of complete, of total awareness, of conscious awareness, it's no longer a fear because the fear is within acceptance also. Now you're practicing. Yes what you want, which is nothing, including a fear that has controlled you all your life, mm-hmm. is able to keep you from the choice of compassion of the totality of conscious awareness. Yep. That's what dissolves it at the root, right? Yes. Yeah. I just, there's so much joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can feel it, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's the joy of, of being free of something, right? Yes. The only thing we can be free from, which is a, a eons of conditioning that has that has uh, that has kept something in place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just to like fall down on the knees, grateful, and oh, God bless that recorder because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. it was that well you know, and god bless the process of trust of trust right that yeah it, it's what we're talking about that what is guiding me is guiding me perfectly because it's 
the, the relationship with the recorder is the trajectory towards freedom. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like where that process um, can unfold. You know, you record and there's guidance, something mm-hmm. drops in, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and like you said in that, um, in the first conversation, I think about the, the structures of practice that allow us to encounter and mm-hmm. go up against the worst that ego does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So thank you. Thank you, Anna. Renee. Hi. Um, I, I'm quivering from that conversation. <laughs> so that was wonderful. Um, and and I, I would say that I'm practicing with something similar as far as going to the root of, of mm-hmm. suffering and and have had quite a few breakthroughs this past week with it mm-hmm. and had that same experience of just pure joy. Uh, I, I don't know if being free of it is, is that if I'm there yet, but seeing it mm-hmm. really clearly, which mm-hmm. assists with, of course, being free of it. And mm-hmm. um, it was, it's just been, so I've just been sticking with the exact same content and, and that is work. And, um, and so it dropped in with recording and listening to, which it sounds like it's what I've always done, but, <laughs> or what we always do in practice, because it is the same process of just recording and writing down everything that I'm being told. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I started to do that and it came right back to the thinking is the problem. Like, I'll be doing something, but then I'll be, but then conditioning is telling me all the other things I have to do. And mm-hmm. just continuously. And just, mm-hmm. and so it's just, it's really the same thing, you know, the same exact um, process that I've seen before many times. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if this is your experience, Renee. I think that, you know, there's such a, what I, what I hear and what you're saying is there's such an absolute willingness to end suffering, right? So you stick with it. You keep recording it. You keep looking at it. You keep using the tools of practice to be to be looking at it. And it's that process of wearing away that Michael was talking mm-hmm. about and also what Anna was talking about, which is there's a way in which they are layers and layers and layers and layers of, of stuff, right? And the more you uh-huh. record about it, the more layers you see and the more awareness that is brought to not just something that is one-inch, thick or deep, it's several feet or however however it is, right? The root may be very, very uh, deep in the ground. And so mm-hmm. it, it's the, you trust the process to be able to keep going at it till you see what you need to see. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that the flavor of what you in, – in other words, I mean, they, they use this very bad analogy, right? I'm, I'm digging to the root of a bamboo tree. So I know it's a bamboo tree and it has bamboo leaves and bamboo stems because that's the tree that the root that I'm trying to get to. It's not that the content is, is particularly different, but the nuance and flavor and structure and depth of what you keep seeing in the process is what 
is what the process is. You have to see everything mm-hmm. about it in order to be free of it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and it seems like, it does seem like there's layers and layers and layers that, and that's what it seems like. I'm not sure if if that's true. Um, um, well, and if it's the same process, yeah. it could just be you see that the same it's the same process over and over again because there's nothing else to yeah. see. Right, that's also true until until you were able to go. Okay, well, there's nothing more for me to see. It's the same thing over and over again. Now, now mm-hmm. I have I'm guided to redirecting the attention or choosing something else or ignoring it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you yeah, have to and, be convinced yeah. that there are no more moves to make. Right, that her feet Right, right, right. Right, and and I think you know you keep seeing the we keep I keep seeing the same thing over and over, and it seems new every time I see it, um, but at the same time it it seems old and repetitive, all in one, like all together, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then every time I see it again, or I see something new, because I think sometimes there's something new there, or a different way of seeing it, or something, then. I'm, um, that's where the joy comes from and the freedom. And, mm-hmm. and then, like, I had the experience that, um, Sherry talks about quite a bit on rubbing my hands together to see what's going to happen next. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is really interesting and fun and fascinating just to see what's going on. Like, just to, mm-hmm. without having mm-hmm. attachment to it, which brings us to the, to the current theme, mm-hmm. but, um, then, then there's no attachment. Um, okay, so now I'm not attached to what that was telling me before, and so I'm just watching it because that's what I, where I went was watching it for interest and curiosity, and it didn't have me hooked in the meaning of it any longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful like place to be. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it's, for that sure. the content is going to, not going to hook you anymore. And I would say, right, Renee, if you think about what awareness practice is, is, it's a practice of cultivating awareness, right? It's practice of awareness. So there's a way in which we start out being aware of something until we realize that seeing is what makes the whole process joyful. I'm just content mm-hmm. if I'm mm-hmm. in the seeing process. It doesn't matter what I see. It isn't isn't that I'm not seeing for a particular reason. I'm just in seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah? And that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. rubbing your, your hands in glee. It can sound as if the, what I'm really interested is in, in the process, but what I'm really excited about is in the process of being an inciting. Yes, yes. Well, right. And what I just saw when you said that was when you're in the process of seeing, then you're not in the process of suffering. That's right. Precisely. So the karma. The content, however so, close. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because the karma, so the karma, whatever it is, is so believable, right? It's especially mm-hmm. the deep, the deep conditioning. This is, this feels really like heavy, deep conditioning. And, and then it, and then in, when I get into that level of seeing that I want to see it and I am so curious, I don't know, there's some deeper level of seeing, I don't know how to explain it, but, um, and then, um, then the karma isn't, like I, it's not that I don't care about it, but it's just not there catching me. It's not there, um, to 
be in that conversation or I'm not in it anymore mm-hmm. or something, you know, something like that. So I you might hit me if I say this, Renee, because I hope it doesn't take away anything from the texture of what you just said, but it's the difference between seeing conditioned mind and seeing through it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. I mean, yep. it, it really is. I, see, yep. Watching something is so different than being it. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what I said. Was it seems like the same thing we talk about, but 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 it isn't. I mean, it is no. <laughs> it is the same thing. It, it is, and it isn't. It's exactly right, right. because right. we can always abstract the process. And yeah, 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 right. Yep. Exactly. It's always, yep. you can label it and say this is suffering, but then it yep. doesn't. That label ha- doesn't begin to encompass what my experience of suffering feels like, right? Right, right. Right, because when we talk about it, it's all conceptual and that's right. abstract. It's a way of, it's a way of, of, yeah. of perhaps disidentification uh, or a way of, of, of us being able to have a conversation, if nothing else, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. So it's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. Pasha, I think we have a few more minutes. Pasha? Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, hi. Uh, I only have a a gratitude uh, for the practice and um, being here and participating and enjoying the recording and listening uh, retreat, uh, mm-hmm. which we are already on, on a week uh, three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm very close uh, with practice and very grateful for being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tremendous gratitude for all of the ways in which we could be in practice. Yes, yes, and, and, and today at lunchtime I'm listening to the uh, morning radio show, uh, which is, um, yeah, I, I learned a new way of, um, you know, participating uh, there, and um, thank you for the um for the uh, podcast uh, that they come, uh, which remembers uh, where I paused, you know, and I can continue from uh, exactly where I left. Uh, never miss a word in um, mm-hmm. in uh, in the recordings. Mm-hmm. So, um, the technology, right? Yes, yes. For all the ways that uh, practice is uh, available and accessible, mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially in these times uh, of, um, uh, I am seeing how uh, my child is challenged with, you know, uh, you know uh, learning from home, and there is, mm-hmm. um, we're all dealing with temptations of like, uh, you know, watching TV uh, too much or, um, you know, spending um, 
too much time in front of the computer and um, um, uh, it seems like uh, there's less opportunities you know to um, um, you know to play with other kids and, and be outside but at the same time um, finding uh, new ways of um, you know staying connected with practice and uh, new ways of um, uh, you know how to be present with a child and how to um, be present to the needs of the body to be mm-hmm. an outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That there's such a way we've taken for granted at some level how our lives will be, right? And the circumstances mm-hmm. change and now we're required to be present to how it is. And it takes a while to adjust. And we do. We don't we, we do have to adapt to and be more present and conscious of how um, how we get distracted or how we get pulled away from being here and then create those new pathways, right? Create those new, uh, I won't say habits because it sounds like that's unconscious, but those grooves that will take care of us under these circumstances. Yes, and, and it seems like uh, with practice, uh, there is a stronger um, or, or there is a more skill of like how to carve new growths, you know, how to adjust mm-hmm. and how to um, create a new routine. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it feels like all, uh, I'm, I'm almost grateful for the new circumstances as they uh, wore the mirror to show me, wow, it's possible, and look, it's working, and and mm-hmm. and, and and now I'm grateful um, for the circumstances, for practice, and for the practitioner who who took advantage of uh, the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so if we if we know what the process of training looks like, we're going to be successful anywhere, right? Because that's what we're practicing. I create a structure. I learn how to keep the structure, I learn to watch my process around the structure, I learn from how I'm with the structure. And so then I can support myself in any way because I'm such, in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself is what I'm good at doing. Mm. Yes. I'm learning how to be with the process. And and such Mm -hmm. circumstances are... Uh, bringing uh, process uh, closer together as, as going unconscious becomes uh, very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. deep gasho. Deep gasho, Pasha. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, everybody. Good night.